Hi friends, this is Dick Flax, your occasional host here on Inside Isla Vista. And my guest today is Stanley Tsankoff. Stanley, among other roles he plays in the world, is one of the leaders of the Santa Barbara Tenants Union. And the purpose today is to give up us some updating about the housing situation uh, facing people in Isla Vista, UCSB, and more broadly as well. Uh, there's a lot of struggle around housing and a lot of um, failures. Uh, and uh, I, I'll start by saying that people may remember that I've been following closely the campus housing situation with respect to um, both the student dorm the Munger, Notorious Munger Project, as well as uh, faculty staff housing. And there are things to be mentioned about this, which people may or may not know something about. Charles Munger, whose vision, to use an ambiguous word in this case, the world's largest dormitory, Dormzilla, the dorm without windows for bedrooms, that kind of notorious Thing. So he passed away at age 99. Uh, and uh, but the dormitory project in his name really had put on the was put on the shelf several months ago without any really official announcement by UCSB. But the campus is embarking on a different uh, dormitory project, which resembles is similar to what they would have done had Munger never come along. And basically, it's to build a, what would be a smaller dormitory for a couple of thousand students on the site of the Munger project and additional dormitory uh, development in the area of the campus currently, uh, where there are other dorms, I think, involving rehabs of some of the uh, older dorms to expand them and so forth. And the ultimate goal is to accommodate, um, I think it is about uh, 4,000 students uh, who now have to be on the general housing market of the community. And one of the reasons rents have been going up and corporate interests are interested in buying up apartment rental buildings in this area is because the student demand is such that much more lucrative for students to occupy family housing, what would be family housing, uh, than for families to occupy it. Because you can put four or six students in a two-bedroom apartment, and each will be paying, what, 1200 a month, something like that. That's a much higher rent than a landlord can get from a family. And that's part of the new a new phase of the ongoing housing crisis in this region, which we've had for a long time with many different uh, outcomes and causes and so forth. So that's that part. Uh, what's less known is the fact that UCSB had announced three years ago a housing project for faculty and staff. It was for 540 units. Uh, about half of them would be owner, owner, uh, owner rental, owner, owner like condo uh, units, and the other half would be rental. 
And crucial point is this is below market, supposed to be affordable. Uh, and yet they had thought that they could partner with a private developer. Uh, and they had announced a partnership with Graystar Company, a national housing developer, to do Ocean Road. And that developer has pulled out of that project. So as far as I know, Ocean Road is in a kind of limbo. I don't know if they're looking for a new private partner. Hopefully not, because I don't think they can get to the level of uh, pricing of the housing with a private profit-oriented developer that they need to do in order to house the people who need this housing on campus. The beauty of the project from a planning point of view is that it creates a real opportunity to live right on the campus border between Isle Vista and UCSB uh, for people like first responder type staff, you know, people in the fire and policing and other roles like that who now have to commute uh, out of count from out of county uh, would be able to live on campus which is a much safer thing for the, the campus community and a much better uh, deal for those, those working people. And then of course, the faculty who would wanna live on campus would probably be younger faculty or maybe some retired faculty. Um, and again, this would be a great opportunity to be able to not have to be in your car getting where you need to go. Uh, all the time and to live right in the campus community. It would change the relationship between the campus itself and Isla Vista because it would be housing on a considerable scale right on that border. So all of this wonderful stuff is in limbo. And the UCSB had pledged to build 1800 back plus 1840 employee units, faculty and staff units by 2025. And we don't even have this first phase of Ocean Road. If it were to be built, it's not going to be done by 2025. So that's, uh, I think, uh, uh, upsetting and depressing to me uh, and probably other people because the housing offer that UCSB had made to the community uh, was one of the reasons we, a bunch of the environmental groups that I'm part of, coalition called Sustainable University Now, SUN, we endorsed the growth of the campus because we were pleased with the plans we had worked out with UCSB for uh, housing, for traffic, for energy use, for water use, and a lot of other variables like that. Our big complaint is the failure to do the housing part of that agreement. So that's the housing story that uh, that I wanted to update people about. I don't know if you have any comment on that, Stanley, but you're been as a, as an active leader in the tenants union domain. You've having to deal with some really serious situations, some of which are, as I've I've already mentioned, kind of affected by the the housing failure of UCSB, but why don't you pick up this ball? Yeah, well, I, I've i said this uh, before, but I, I really appreciate you uh, connecting the dots there. And and obviously, you're, you're in the Sun Coalition's longstanding work to keep 
the university accountable. I mean, um, it's important for students, for, for the campus community. And of course, we see these incredible spillover effects into our region, which is, um, you know, has this huge bullseye on our backs um, from um, this kind of growing uh, industry of corporate landlords who are looking at student communities much like ours where they know that they can uh, market units to to just students or um, you know who typically have more support to be able to pay more um, and inherently uh, it's a more deregulated market you can raise the rent however much you like after a student moves on um, so and yeah so I you know Isla Vista and the Santa Barbara region has been at the epicenter of this housing crisis for a while. Um, and we see this report after report that looks at national trends. Um, and it's just intensified by this sort of growing industry of corporate landlords that are targeting student communities like ours. Um, um, and with this sort of increased financial speculation of housing. Um, and so, so, so yeah. So the, I mean, big just, news, the big news was the spaces, core spaces, uh, company mm -hmm. taking a Chicago company coming into Isla Vista. That that was and and let's talk about that story first. Yeah. So I mean, this made appropriately so. This made headlines nationally. It was uh, this is Core Spaces, a multi-billion-dollar uh, flipper developer uh, based in Chicago. With you know uh, VPs th from from all the sort of financial industry giants. Um, and they they bought uh, 150 units of some of the most uh, remotely affordable housing, um, rental housing in Isla Vista in the region. They they bought these uh, these buildings for like, forget, I think it was like 91 million or some enormous amount of money. And that same day they issued uh, notices for the tenants to vacate. Um, the folks there are, you know, were, um, and sadly, I'm I'm using past tense for this because now just about ten percent of them are still there. Um, but this was, uh, you know, primarily uh, long-term tenants, um, you know, families who had who had rooted here. There was students as well, but um, certainly not a, a student-only community. Um, and uh, they went in and, and started giving people notices to vacate. Um, and, um, you know, and, and we know, but we knew what we now have seen in, 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 uh, in their formal plans that they've now had to publish, which was their, their plan all along was to evict people under the pretense of supposed renovations and uh, use that as a way to actually transform this whole huge amount of units into really expensive student-only housing. It's what they've done in other communities um, throughout the country. And and yet they're claiming renovations and you know we need to work on this and that and um and and actually not doing what they're what they're saying they're doing, right? Um and so this of course immediately spread uh you know, spread panic and um, and concern from people as we're, you know, we're in this housing landscape where there's con consistently a, a less than 1% vacancy rate. Um, and you can imagine if you've been living in a 
relatively, you know, more affordable unit, um, if you have to go, if you're kicked out to the housing market now, it really does send a shock to your, your, you know, your weekly budget uh, to, to try and find any sort of housing. So, um, so the community got involved. Um, this was back in, in March and April. Um, community got immediately organized. Uh, you know, uh, folks got together to educate one another on what their rights were, on what different avenues were, um, what legal and um, and public pressure uh, avenues they could um, use to to change the laws. Really, try and fight back. Um, and so, after dozens and dozens of public commenters, I mean, really unprecedented in recent times. Um, uh, we were we were able to uh, urge the County Board of Supervisors, because uh, Isla Vista is an unincorporated county land, um, to pass uh, some uh, modernized tenant protections against uh, against this process of rent evictions, right? Or uh, renovate it's a, a term that's you know not a real word but it it very much is uh, more and more useful um and it's just a bad faith uh eviction bad faith uh claims of renovations as an excuse to displace tenants um in mass um well, let me and it's a way let me can i interject just to uh yeah please make sure people understand that there are laws local and state about evicting people without cause, without fault. That's right. And so the reason that renovation is one of the one of the reasons that people landlords can use legally to evict people who otherwise are tenants in good standing. Um, That's right. And so the claim that you're going to renovate if, if there were if the limited regulation would lead has led to situations where landlords will tell tenants we have to have you leave because we're going to renovate your apartment then they don't even do the work uh, mm -hmm. and and what is the purpose of the renovation uh, is it really necessary for someone to leave with that purpose in mind is cosmetic improvement in an apartment reason enough to uh, evict people and then in a housing market with literally zero or co close to zero vacancy what are people supposed to do in that circumstance so the uh I, I, so that's just the background that i think we take for granted those of us who are working on this that's right. that i wanted to make sure people understood and and it's good to, for you to understand it if you're a tenant because those that's where where your uh needs and your rights sort of focus at this point when faced with this kind of practice um that's right and so yeah so this sort of substantial remodel uh is really one of if not the only legal way for a landlord to evict otherwise good tenants like you're saying in in good standing in order to increase the rent beyond and just to foreground this right beyond the already excessive nearly 10 percent allowable per year right so this is this is a, a company who it, its whole business model is on making returns of you know well over uh uh you know well over what you would get for example investing in the stock market or or whatever right it's more than 10 percent uh per year like 10 percent per year was just not good enough for them 
Um, and so it's it it really is the only way to evict tenants in in mass. Um, and and so you know the it, it's hard to talk about the successes of of uh, of getting organized and changing the laws, but because sadly so many people um, were misled by by this company's lawyers. Um, they weren't reassured early enough or 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 weren't reassured well enough by by the county. Um, and so many understandably, you know, um, moved on. And um, I know anecdotally, at least, you know, some are, are students that just found other housing. Uh, other folks are, are, you know, long term families who moved out of the region. Um, and right now there's there's a few kind of holdout tenants who are in the middle of um uh, of defending an unlawful detainer or, or a an eviction case and and have been successful in that thankfully right they they've taken on this multi-billion dollar company and they're winning uh, because of the laws we changed but uh it's it's sad to see so many people's lives sort of um ruined by by this company because it was a little too little too late um so i, I really just i i feel the need to to say that because I, it really is affecting the fabric of our of our community um and some really good things came out of it uh you know in response and in struggle um so the county now uh, if you live in isla vista unless you're in one of the exempt units um you know you're now entitled to three months of market rate uh rent if you are uh displaced from your your home under these um uh you know, for no no fault of your own, um, and you if there there are to be substantial remodels, right? If the unit is um, undergoing safety or habitability related renovations, and not just cosmetic or elective, um, that takes more than thirty days, then you are required now by law to be offered the first right of refusal. So, um, if you're displaced for more than a month because of these uh, renovations, you, you're able to come back, um, to that unit. Um, and then additionally, just looking earlier in the process of something like this, we now require that any landlord proposing these sort of renovations actually goes through the process of pulling the permits that they would need to get anyway, that they do that and put them in any sort of communication, um, or notice to the tenants. Um, and that just, that's really meant to uh, call the bluff of some of these um, bad bad actor um, landlords who are who are you know kind of claiming vaguely that they need to sort of do substantial remodels and okay well if you're gonna do what you say and say what you do like why don't you actually go through the the, the permitting process first before you start um, displacing tenants so but that was a really big um, victory I mean it was it it happened really quickly. Uh, it took, you know, it took a receptive board of supervisors. Um, so it really does matter who's in those offices. Um, but it definitely would not have happened without um, really some really good journalism and more than anything, uh, tenants really boldly sh sharing their truth and, uh, and giving public comment and and doing a whole lot of work in, behind the scenes. And there's still some semblance of organization in the course. That's right. Yeah, tenants. Yeah, so uh, part of it is, you know, um, tenants got together and formed what's known as a tenant association. Um, I think of it as kind of a really strong building block of a really 
uh, a strong tenant union. Um, and all it means is that you are uh, formally uh, united with your neighbors. And, you know, it doesn't need to be a 250 unit building. Um, uh, the tenant associations that the Santa Barbara Tenants Union has helped form uh, are typically like, you know, five, six units, or, you know, we have a couple of other bigger ones, but it could just be the fourplex that you're maybe a resident in. Um, and you you declare yourself an organization, a uh, tenant association, and it actually gives you greater legal protections against retaliation um, from the landlord. Um, and there's just uh, more uh, avenues which you can, you know, collectively bargain. Um, and it's just really I just really can't emphasize enough how important it is that folks consider uh, getting together with their their neighbors to form a tenant association um, before there's a crisis, right? Um, proactively, uh, if you think about the parallel of a uh, workplace union, it's the same thing, right? Um, you have collective demands, you share information, you build rapport, you build community so that when things get tough, you're united, right? Um, and so if anybody has any interest or gets excited or just wants to learn more, I, I really encourage you to um, to reach out to, to sbtu.org. Um, you can also email us at sbtenantsunion at gmail.com. Um, and we will be more than happy to, to follow up with you and, and share a little bit more. Great. So um, the county passed that, county board passed those rules that you're referring to it's like a rolling legislative a train That's right. right so the city of santa barbara actually had done some of that before and now they what what are they considering right now because people might want to make their voices heard uh in lobbying the city city council yeah so so uh that's right um there's this positive sort of ripple effect in the community that we've seen uh, galita just last night passed on an uh, urgency ordinance um, some of these protections, right? The right to re-rent uh, with a rent cap upon return and some other protections. The city of Santa Barbara currently um, uh, included, uh, is hearing an ordinance that would uh, have a cap on the rent once you return from a renovation. It also just includes stronger protections from uh, harassment um, and sort of better legal standing for tenants who uh, who, you know, just to give them a fighting chance in court if a landlord is acting in bad faith. Um, the city council is likely going to be hearing that proposal one of the first weeks in January, likely January, Tuesday, January 9th. Um, we'd love to have people email um, or show up in person. That's even better uh, to speak up about it. Um, and I just want to name also, this is all piece of the puzzle. Um, uh, if rents can keep going up 10% a year, we also need rent stabilization and we need a rent registry. And, um, and you know, fighting for tenant protections like this actually, I think, enable us to build a more solid foundation so that people aren't uh, faced with this precarity in housing. And they can actually invest in the community a little bit better to make sure we have predictable rent increases and um, just a better community and housing landscape. Right. And I think uh, anyone, anyone who's um, a new generation of workers in this community is feeling, how long can I be able to stay here given current housing conditions? 
That's right. Uh, and that that is one of the, uh, and that brings it back home to Isla Vista because a lot of the people in Isla Vista are in that generation and class uh, situation, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, so the tenants, you you gave the information about how to link to the Santa Barbara Tenants Union. Do you know anything about the Isla Vista Tenants Union while we're talking um, about this? Yeah, I that's a <laughs> back long, in the day. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a long story. But you know, they did they did just I believe they hit their 25 year anniversary or something like that recently. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, big milestone for them. And um, I'm I'm sorry if it's been longer. Uh, but you know, they they were really active in in combating um, mass evictions back in the day, like before I was a student. Um, but these days, I I know that they provide some sort of uh sort of like a legal resource center or anything, but I, I, I'm not, not fully sure. I think it, part of it is that, you know, with student orgs, oftentimes they, they change year to year, but, um, but certainly encourage folks who, who are in IV to also reach out to the IV tenancy and help make that really thriving and strong. Um, I think IV actually has a, a huge potential when it comes to building tenant power and, and having a more just housing landscape. So these, We've been, we've been, uh, this is Dick Flax and talking with Stanley Sankoff, who is one of the leaders of the Tenants Union, Santa Barbara Tenants Union. Uh, he's a full-time staff member of CAUSE, the leading organization representing minority working class people, immigrant population of this county and Ventura. Uh, and I wanted to mention two resources on housing uh, that that we'll close with uh, this mention. One is the Santa Barbara Foundation, which is the elite uh, foundation in this region. I mean, power elite. I mean, it's the it has the image of being a pretty conservative uh, community foundation. So that's very significantly, they've issued a report on affordable housing, which is a jam-packed with fact and with recommendations that really support the agenda of what we might call the housing justice movement in this region. And it's very gratifying and important in my mind that the Santa Barbara Foundation would uh, be able to, to have a report that does that kind of endorsement. So that we're hoping has added another important arrow into the uh, into the collection of arrows that we have as a as a movement trying to seek change and justice in the housing world. There's also another resource which I'm not sure is available. Oh, by the way, you can get the Santa Barbara Affordable Housing Report from the Santa Barbara Foundation website. Just uh, find it there and download it. And it's you know quite a quite a big and extensive piece of work. And similarly, big piece of work is a student project that was sponsored by the Blum Center on Poverty at UCSB called A People's Guide to Housing, which I think is particularly tailored to the student body and and Isla Vista community. And I'm not sure that's quite ready, but you can go to the Blum Center website and see what they have about housing there 
students in particular are the those who have let's say collected that data and information and curated that report so uh, look out for that this is dick flax i'm a regular programmer on kcsb culture of protest which is on thursdays at 4 p.m on kcsb www.kcsb.org kcsb 91.9 in santa barbara on the fm dial and stanley tankoff thanks so much for joining us and thanks so much for your excellent work and leadership in our world here in santa barbara region and i want to say thanks very much and we'll be back so eventually everyone have yes. a good holiday and take care of yourselves as you go forward.